Hello and welcome to another episode of Almost Comical, the podcast where we talk about the latest in pop culture movie, uh, TV show stuff and news. And uh, yeah. sometimes we do a review. Won't happen in a long time. Yeah, yeah, we normally do movies, but given the circumstances, circumstances of the of the world right now, that won't be happening for at least another couple yeah. months. So, so we're gonna be doing doing a lot of topical episodes. Probably, um, I mean, there's no reason why we won't stop doing this podcast. I don't yeah. like it. Just uh, if, if someone's listening like to us uh, in the future, um, we're rec- this is uh, the first episode we're being recorded during yeah during the the massive coronavirus um, pandemic. S- yeah, it, it, at this point, given that uh, at the time of recording, uh, there's barely two hundred thousand confirmed cases across the entire planet. So we're in the stages right now where it's very early, and everyone is making their proactive measures to, to stop the spread of it so basically everything everywhere is being closed down yeah um so it's, it's a weird time it is it is <sighs> yeah so um <laughs> but we didn't come here to talk about coronavirus because no, everyone is talking about coronavirus and yeah that is the last thing anybody wants to talk about right or now. L- listen to someone talk about it right yeah because there's plenty of that shit uh first things first let's get into uh the first segment of the show where we talk about what we've been doing in this uh this weird time we are living in yes Um, what what have we done (laughs) we have all this time on our hands what are we doing with it (laughs) um i guess one thing we could both start on that we've been watching is uh star wars the clone wars yes uh watching the final season um currently through episode four and it is really good very very good i really really liking it i'm really glad that we're finally getting like a proper conclusion to the yeah. series and you can tell like it's got that disney budget now like yeah the animation like has definitely like improved like and like it didn't they didn't take away from like the style and like how it felt no they, but they've, they've improved a lot of areas yeah, they, they really kept faithful to like the feel of the show but it definitely doesn't feel cheap anymore no, because in the first couple of seasons, like especially the first season, the animation takes some getting used to. It's pretty blocky and jarring, but as you start getting through the series, it gets a lot better. And like now, it's it's very very good. Yeah, it's it's definitely improved, and it's significantly, especially as in the timeline of this, like we're getting a lot closer to the events of episode three. Like, yeah seeing these things happen and the way characters are changing Mm -hmm. like as we're getting closer to that time is it's really cool yeah it really is uh the story is really good yeah i've I've really enjoyed this uh bad batch story arc it's 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 been really cool to see play out very interesting characters like seeing how they've turned all of these um like how they've turned being different like into such an advantage and like the kind of synergy they have together as a team is spoiler alert. They have, uh, they bring back echo, um, which they like, it's very much like a, um, foreshadowing to like Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader, the way he's like part machine. And like the way, even the way he looks like the way he's like built his his attitude, the way he talks about things, responds to things. Like you can tell he's having a lot more of those, even to at one moment in the show, like having an outright dark side moment. Um, like, yeah, well, I was talking about uh, how Echo looks like, oh, like Darth Vader does, like, like his robotic kind party of, parts yeah. and like his paler skin and like the, he just kind of looks like how he's more more machine than man. Exactly, he looks kind of like what you'd expect Anakin to look like once he is transformed into uh, Darth yeah. Vader, and like. Uh, it's interesting to see, like you know, they're, they're, they're like there's a lot of question of whether or not Echo's loyalties still lie with the Republic or whatever, and yeah, because he <clears throat> spent so long being where yeah. he is and with what was happening to him. Yeah, and I was I was actually convinced that like he was gonna like turn and like I had my suspicions that it might happen, but I'm like I don't think it's gonna happen. I hope I yeah, but it. it I guess it's kind of like analogous to like how like Anakin kind of like is it turns the dark side and like he didn't like I guess like become evil or whatever, but it's a little different. I, I, I guess kind of I think that's what they were kind of going for on that. Um, I can see that kind of in hindsight, it feels like that might be more coincidental than 
intentional, but it definitely feels like the the intent was like to, to show like what you know like the transformation I guess like in maybe that's like the technology of the techno union that that like helps like keep Anakin alive that the emperor uses it's i mean it's quite possible that they use that um considering how palpatine becomes and yeah and it, it, i mean throughout the show and like it's like he's basically controlling both sides and so like yeah of course he would have this technology and of course he probably yeah. probably is going to use it like to like you know for his own gain yeah so that's good though yeah, it's I very really, good. I really, uh, really enjoy it. If you haven't watched it, definitely do watch it. Um, it is. It makes me like really want to go back and like watch the show again. Yeah, which I just did. So it's yeah. It's <laughs> and now that I'm about to have a whole lot of free time on my hands, I yeah. just just might do that. <laughs> You've a lot of plans. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of things that I need to catch up on, and you know, since I'll be basically out of work until late April. Fuck it. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well catch up on everything. Yeah. Well, uh, what else have you been up to? Um, let's see. You got to think back two weeks. Uh, I had a whirlwind of a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I started off not this past week, but the week before going, basically following the Acacia Strain around Texas. I saw them in Houston, then Dallas, and uh, then Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I always, like, they are one of my not just my favorite bands, but my favorite live bands. Yeah. Um, their front man in particular has like such a compelling stage energy. Like the dude's almost 40 years old and yeah. he's still Killing one it. of the best like <laughs> out there. How, how was it saying I've always like seeing bands like in cities and stuff wondered like what it would be like to see a band like, like from night to night for a few nights and like their different shows and like how those shows change or, and how are they the same? And so, like, in this, like, how, you know, what was it like? Was it pretty much the same? Like, it was pretty much the same. They did actually play, they, did, they didn't They did play one song the third night, uh, which was kind of unfortunate. It's one of my favorite songs of theirs, Holy Walls of the Vatican. But you already, uh, already they, saw they it They played twice. it. They <laughs> played it both the two nights before. Yeah. Uh, the night in Houston, they actually had technical dif- difficulties at the beginning of one of their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the entire, like like half of the stage like all of stage right just lost power and then briefly like the the entire like stage lost power and then just inexplicably it all came back on um but barring that like this it was really interesting seeing because they're like they're big enough band that they can support themselves like yeah going on tour they can do it do the band full time uh, but they're not so big that you know they're selling out thousands of like th- their shows, they can sell out, but yeah. they're in generally small venues. Yeah, they're and stuff. they're, like, they're making know, maybe a, a couple hundred it. people, right? Um, and like it's really interesting seeing how the crowds are in different cities. Uh-huh. Um, and like I think I was thinking about it after, I think after I'd seen it that like I've seen them in seven different cities, and like kind of comparing how all the crowds were across it is really interesting. Like there are some crowds that are way rowdier than others, and then there are some that are a lot more. Out of the three Texas ones, which one is the rowdiest? Honestly, probably the Houston show. I would, I, I, if I would have had to guess one, I would have guessed Houston. I don't know why. I because it's more human. People are just generally angry in Houston. <laughs> I, maybe that's why. Because um, everybody's just pissed off that the weather sucks. I, and it did suck that day. Every every single time I've been into or through Houston, the weather has sucked. Um, <laughs> it just sucks. And I've been through like a dozen times. And like even that day, it was like kind of cold and it was wet and it was like raining. But it was it was like a yeah, it was raining enough that like not so much that you couldn't stand outside, but enough that like you'd be annoyed standing outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Dallas show would have been better, but it was by far the biggest stage they played on. Yeah, um, like it was at a it was at Gas Monkey Bar and Grill, um, which is when it comes to underground metal shows, that's one of the bigger stages in the DFW area. So that one, like at the other shows, it was much smaller venues, so the crowd was packed in a lot more. So it naturally got rowdier, um, and you can't really stage dive. At yeah gas monkey because the stage is like chest high as opposed mm-hmm. to like knee high at most other places um 
but it was it was really good uh, i always love watching them i <laughs> i've i won basically free shows for life a, a couple months ago off of a uh, charity auction but like and this was also the first time i actually met the guys and like introduced yeah. myself to them and it was really cool that like they were all like familiar with my collection because i have an uh, instagram account just dedicated to my absurdly yeah. large uh, mccase string collection and i'm like when they met me i'm like hi i'm benji they're like oh my god you're benji <laughs> it was it was really cool uh, like actually getting to talk to him for a while and stuff pretty funny guys you like idolize like oh you're benji <laughs> yeah like, like that, that's that kind I've, of a cool feeling <laughs> at, at least since like they've had the for a long time they had a pretty you know uh oh, what's the word i'm looking for um revolving door like a uh, lineup uh but they've been pretty stable for the past like five or six years and like i've seen this lineup probably eight or nine times and like actually like you know yeah by like when they like recognized me in the crowd and stuff like it was it was really cool that's, it, was, that's it, was cool. A, it was a really cool moment um and then a few days after that like the entire t- tour got canceled so that was a yeah lucky. <laughs> like i, I kind of lucked out a little bit on that one and so that was the first half of that week second half of that week i worked a lot like i had like five shifts in a row i mm-hmm. think i worked two doubles and then I had a shift on Thursday, I had band practice Thursday night, a double Friday, a double Saturday, then I worked Sunday and finally had the night off then. The next night was, or the next day was Monday, yeah. and I was supposed to have an entire week of work this week, and then that was when really everything started shutting down, shutting down more, and so, like, it... it by Monday, it was already really slow, and they're yeah. like, so we're basically going to shift to like a day-to-day type thing, see if we need it. Then by Monday night, it was, all right, we're basically cutting all support staff. Then by today, it was like, all right, Plano's shutting down <laughs> restaurants entirely until next month. So that was pretty unfortunate. Um, yeah. but Aside from all of that, I have I've been reading a lot. Um, I currently almost finished with the uh, Jedi Academy book series um it's not very good (laughs) it's like particularly the second book yeah is uh, not very good at all (laughs) like it has it has some scenes in it where it is from the point of view of um han solo and leia's children uh, jason and Uh jaina who are two and a half years old and it's like written from like a two year old's perspective, so it feels very much like a a kitty kind of book. I thought their like, only child was Ben Solo. In the new continuity, this is all old continuity stuff. This is all legends but material. This is the only continuity that matters is the new oh one, right? <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um But like I understand the like artistic reason for writing it like that. But the practical, like, application of writing it like that makes it just agonizing to read through. Yeah, I can see that. And there are a lot of sections like that. And the books, for some fucking reason, very prominently feature C-3PO, who is one of the most annoying fucking characters in all of Star Wars. Yeah. and Well, he was pretty good in the new one, admittedly. Yeah. He was one of the um, better parts of that movie. He definitely did, um, but like they, every every book he's in, like they the authors very kind of dial up the like prissiness of C three PO, and like you have to stay accurate to the character, but like having him so much, it's just very <sighs> hard. Yeah, sometimes it. Um, yeah, but it does. He's actually yeah, that's, feature that's... one of my favorite Star Wars villains, an Exar Kun, um, which is pretty cool um he's, even, Kuhn. Uh, he's the he's the first dark lord of the sith um huh. he was like active during like uh, like four thousand years before the events of the movies and stuff uh, but like his like spirit is still like around in these temples that yeah the, the basic gist of the 
the the books is that um it takes place very shortly like a few years after the events of episode six i think it's 10 years after the events of episode six and um like luke is wanting to build up a new order of jedi knights and so he goes to uh, yavin 4 where he establishes his new temple has like a dozen students or something and um we find out surprise oh these temples were like the base of this ancient dark lord of the sith who's like corrupting his students and stuff like that and interesting like that is pretty much the only his name just reminds me of plo Koon. uh is that is there any relation no it's spelled a little differently too his okay his is k-u-n oh okay um, and he's a he's a human um too gotcha. um, as opposed to i know the name i can't remember it off the top of my head um but yeah, that's just about the only interesting thing about it. And really the yeah. only reason, like I've never really heard anybody say these books are good, but uh, the reason I'm reading them is I'm gearing up to read the new Jedi order series, um, which is a 19 book long yeah. series that follows the, uh, the Yuzhan Vong war. Um, and I'm reading kind of the last few things I need as like kind of, good base knowledge to have before getting into that series. Right. I think it was just yesterday, the day before I went out and I got all of the last books that I needed all from half price books. I stopped at like four different ones, but I got all the last ones I needed. And like, this is kind of what my big reading endeavor will be this year. Last year I had the dark tower yeah. and this year I have this one, which is Brutal. like 60, 70% longer total than the dark tower so it's broken up into much smaller parts so i think it'll be more digestible because of that but as much as i'm looking forward to it i am dreading it (laughs) because it is so long and because i have i have a very strong like completionist attitude like if i start something i have to fucking see it through (laughs) the end and uh, it's gonna be brutal it's gonna be i think we talked about the podcast i I know i've mentioned it i think i mentioned that i was thinking about starting it but at this point you know yeah i have committed committed yeah cool yeah i have one more book after this to read before i actually start the series proper yeah which is it's called i jedi and it's basically like it retcons a lot of the jedi academy like series right but like i i probably could have just read that and not the other books <laughs> but i already had the other books so i'm like you know might as well read these too, because if I don't read these now, I won't read them afterwards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's cool. Basically, what I'm doing with my life right now. Neat. Uh, I've uh, been reading a little bit too. Open started. I've started reading uh, Batman Hush, and is that is good. I uh, like, which I like uh, Hush. Jim Lee uh, does the art with. Uh, Jeff Loeb wrote that, right? Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Yeah. Do, Jim Lee does the art and uh Jeff Loeb is the, the Jim Lee is probably one of the one of the best I mean obviously one of the best yeah. artists like of he, all time. He's very iconic, especially when it comes to, like his Batman stuff, like Especially yeah, a lot of like his most famous like Batman like pieces are like prominent in Hush. Um yeah. so I'm it's one of the best um what I've heard is one of the best like Batman stories, so um, it it is it is really really good. I really loved reading it. Yeah. Um, um would you do you like this or Long Halloween better? I think I like Long Halloween better. Yeah, but that's like it's not to say that Hush isn't good. Still good. It's just the Long Halloween yeah. is so good. The Long Halloween is yeah. It's so it's up there. A lot of people like you know always like say like you know like The Dark Knight Returns or Year One or like you know their tops, but like. Dark Knight Returns is really good once They're you just... get used to the kind of older style of reading. Like, I mean, yeah. if you grew up in the 80s, like reading comic books, it'll be a lot more natural to you. And like a lot of yeah. the comic books, you know, I started reading or maybe I grew up reading are a lot more modern. Yeah. So they're written. They're just, those stories are just so played out. Like, yeah. And like, I've seen like the two animated versions of those books too. And like, um, Sure, I've probably seen. They're both that one of them is like the beginning of his career, and the one is the end. There's not a lot of like, I like I prefer like books that are like more like in like the prime time. Yeah, and like I mean, year one is really good, but it's short too. Yeah, I think I read it in maybe an hour, and like 
it's good, but it's too short for me to really consider it as, you know, up there with those longer yeah, ones. That's like about like the killing joke. It's like it's a great little joker story, but yeah, it's but it's it's so short. It's, it's like it's very, it's very a quick short. read. It's yeah. Yeah. There are like single issues that are long feel longer than <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the killing joke. Um but yeah, so then after that I'm gonna read uh the sequel to the Long Halloween uh Dark Victory, um, which I'm super excited about. Um I didn't even know it existed until today. So yeah, yeah, that's something that I will definitely have to put on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also been, uh, picked back up, uh, the Witcher, uh, first little book. It's really good. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's got to like some plays on some old classic fairy tales, like beating the beast, which is really interesting. And it's done really well. And it's really funny. It's pretty interesting that like, I guess those stories, like I, I, you know, I wouldn't have imagined that like those same kind of stories would have been, I don't know, as popular in like Poland. Yeah. Um, in the in the Beauty and the Beast version, he stumbles upon like, um, he he finds like uh, a father and a daughter like brutally murdered like oh. in the middle of like the forest, and so he's like, huh, this is weird. So he goes like investigating and like he finds this manor, um, like you know, like a castle kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, and the this beast like monster like he comes and like the witcher like isn't really afraid of him because you know yeah, he he's a witcher he's that's, a witcher that's what he's he does like, <laughs> he's like oh you're not he and then he starts talking he's like oh you're not afraid of me he's like no <laughs> and so like he like he quickly realizes that he's not an actual monster that he's like just a, a bewitched person that has been like um what he did was like he was like in a his the, the son of like this big prominent gang um who like did a lot of like highway robber like robberies and like his like one of the like a button gang highwaymen basically yeah and so like one of the things like that his uh dad's gang made him do was like um uh basically rape this uh this like nun who like bewitched him oh and he could only like break the curse by like kissing um like true love or something like that and so like he's this beast but then like it, it works out because like then he also he also he has the all the inheritance from the gang like so like a ton of money, and like and all this stuff and so like all these father this this one like uh like trader or like merchant comes like with his daughter and like well they're gonna like steal all the money because they think nobody lives there and like there's the beast so like he like leaves his daughter with the beast and then like for a certain amount of time and like comes back and picks her up and he gives a bunch of money to the <laughs> to the merchant <laughs> and so like like all these different like people from around like the land are like bringing their daughters to like live with the beast for a certain <laughs> amount of time like <laughs> basically he's hiring like escort services to try and find yeah somebody to help him break that curse exactly so it's like it's really funny like it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny um but then he like he falls in love with this uh, vampire basically. And that's who killed the couple, the father and the daughter. And so the witcher has to like come back, <laughs> basically kill the wit, the, the vampire. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good. The little story. Sounds like, pretty entertaining. I was like, this is such a weird, I, I, it took me a minute before I realized like what it was doing. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, this is really funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm also still watching Star Trek next generation, um, which is, still still good yeah Un unlike a lot of people you actually are still working a lot now um so yeah starbucks still open so i'm still working i'm not i don't have a ton of time on my hands i'm just <laughs> trying to do more things and i also started watching the boys which is fantastic and i've heard it's really good i've really been wanting to watch it uh, yeah i have the first trade of like the actual comic series that i've been meeting to read to and i just haven't gotten around to yeah but For everybody doesn't know it's like a group of guys who like it's basically like if superheroes weren't noble, like and they're corrupt, selfless. They they were very selfish, and just did things for themselves and didn't really care about people. Yeah, and people decide, hey, we're gonna keep control of these superheroes, and that's basically what the boys is. Yeah, and it's good. It's really yeah. good. I, I've I've only ever heard good things. I don't want to spoil anything here until you watch it, and then yeah. we can do a spoiler episode. But it's definitely it's, I, I highly recommend watching it. It's phenomenal. Um, and I think that's about all I've done. Yeah. Cool. Should we right move on. on to the main segment of the show? I think we shall. 
This week, our main segment I thought would be fun to do uh, appropriately. Appropriately, since um, things are the way they are, um, would be a um, our favorite like apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic things in entertainment and popular culture. Um, so, like, just whatever, like, some of our favorite things that have these prominent themes in them um, that we are experiencing in our everyday lives, which we shouldn't be, but we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, it, it could be video games or TV shows or movies or whatever, comic books. What are our favorites? Yeah. The, um, the closest thing I could think of to what we're experiencing right now is the movie Contagion. Yeah. Uh, I, my family was even talking about that um, night before last, I think at dinner, like, uh, they happen to come across a movie called Outbreak, I think it is. Um, and like there's even a show on Netflix called like Pandemic or something like that. And like they read something like online that like you know if you really want to watch a movie that mirrors what's happening in real life right now, Contagion does it well. And I remember watching the movie way way back when. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was decent. Um, but I think at the time like I didn't really care for it a whole lot. Like, yeah. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Um, I re- I. I watched it in theaters when it came out and I really enjoyed it. It's like super weird and like eerie, like the way things go. And like, I'm sure if I watched it again, I'd probably enjoy it a lot more and probably find a lot of it to (laughs) relate with. Unfortunately now. Yeah. It's, Uh, it's good. Uh, it definitely, if I I think it's one of those popular movies right now, just because of the situation. Yeah. I know. Like it was trending on whatever it was. Yeah. So if anybody hasn't watched it, it definitely, um, it, it, um, I watched a YouTube uh, like video where um, a uh, a CDC official broke down like popular like movie scenes. Was it one of those like a uh, Vanity Fair? Or yeah, like, one of those things. Yeah. Uh, I forget which like who does. There's like six or seven different YouTube yeah, like, companies they're all the, they're that all, the all do very similar things. They're all the, I think they're all the same parent company, but they're different like magazines and like yeah. stuff like that. Whatever. Anyways, he breaks down like famous movies and like uh contagion is, is the most accurate one to like what it, what actually happens wired wired does those well wired and <sighs> gq yeah both do them but yeah it's it's really good um i think even in contagion like it starts with a bat like like that sounds familiar it has been a long time since i've seen the movie i think i watched it on dvd but that was maybe yeah i think it came out in 2010 i think at the very end of the movie they show exactly what happened like how the disease out like gets to where it is and like it's like a bat and like it like poops or something or like dies like into like some like something that pigs are eating and then the pig is taken to slaughter and like that seems like a i don't i I mean i'm obviously no virologist or pathologist so i like i don't know but like i know yeah like diseases jumping species doesn't happen very often given when it does it typically has very catastrophic results like a lot of history's yeah deadliest plagues came from animals yeah. small well the one i think in contagion is supposed to be like way more way worse than like what it, we're experiencing yeah but like I, I remember that much and i remember even thinking then that like the movie felt a lot more realistic yeah at least in the way it portrayed a lot of things yeah um the next thing um that I can think of, which is another thing that relates directly to contagion is contagion. The game pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is one of our favorite board games. It, it is definitely one of our favorite board games. Uh, I know like the plague Inc game, like I think it was originally a browser game and now is like an, a mobile game, like always a favorite growing up went back when, you know, in the heyday of flash games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, the board game uh, that we semi recently finished with uh, the first season of pandemic legacy, um, which is pandemic is definitely one of my favorite game board games that we've played uh, pandemic legacy, especially too. Yeah. Um, even though it ended on a bit of a sour note for us. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's still, it's great. It's, it's fantastic. still a really fun game. Um, and it, it's a great one because it's a cooperative game rather than a competitive game. So you win and lose together. And I know for people that are as, as competitive as we are playing games where yeah, you know, there's one winner and everybody's a loser. Like, you know, 
there's a balance between that of you know it's if you play a competitive game you can have fun playing it but eventually one person is going to be happier than the other people (laughs) yeah it's very true but I, I do really enjoy the theme of that board game. I think it, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. The way they do it is really, really, really interesting. The way you like start out in the CDC in Atlanta and like, yeah, you know, start all your Atlanta. abilities are very like, you know, like disease control based and like preventing outbreaks. And like, this is all like very relevant. And hey, if y'all are at home, dear listeners, and you have nothing to do. And you like board games? It's a the the regular version of Pandemic is pretty easy to pick up. It's you can not get it at Walmart, Target, um, pretty much anywhere. And especially once you kind of get the hang of it, it's very very easy to like understand and kind of play through it. Um, of the, I guess more hardcore games that we play, it's probably one of the most accessible. Yeah, um, definitely. It definitely was the one that got us more into like more complex yeah, board games for sure. Um, so I, I would I highly recommend it if you're interested in board games at all yeah. if you have any interest even in board like, games that is a great one to start even with. like monopoly and you have like a passing interest in like these things it's pretty accessible and really this easy is to learn. a lot better than monopoly <laughs> and it's a lot better than that game so yeah. i recommend it if you want to play something that's a little in theme and like to what's happening around you then go for it yeah yeah uh what about you what are some of your a couple of your things um well, you can't talk post-apocalypse without talking Fallout. Yeah, I was thinking um, the same thing. <laughs> uh, especially, well, while I found Fallout 4 to be somewhat disappointing, disappointing yeah. Yeah, somewhat lackluster, um, I still ended up putting like 370 hours into that game. Yeah. Uh, but mostly through like the base building and stuff. But Fallout New Vegas is among my favorite games I've ever played. I've yeah. played through it probably seven or eight different times, and I still love it every yeah. single time. It's a game I've actually been thinking about recently more because we've been playing uh, Lords of Vegas, which just reminds yeah. me a lot of Fallout New Vegas because you're also like in old Vegas. The same with like new Ve- like Fallout New Vegas, so you're like it feels like the same kind of vibes you would feel. Yeah, it, it does have some of that at least in like the strip area of New Vegas and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and I really love Fallout Three. Um, I do think, <laughs> it, I, I I do think, New Vegas is better in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I I think New Vegas, uh, I think it outshines Fall Three in its diversity of like yeah, in the u- uniqueness of the different factions and like all the different quests you can do and yeah. like things you can do throughout the wasteland in new vegas like it's really there's so many different ways like to play the game like yeah in fallout 3 granted like you know it came out in 2008 yeah i think it was 2008 and it was like the first one of that series that like bethesda made and it was the first time it was in 3d so there's yeah. a lot of you know whenever i discovered that that game existed because i like i played oblivion like probably too much um and like i put a whole lot of time into fallout 3 and oblivion i I didn't even know that that game existed until like like i was watching one of the trailers for fallout 3 and i saw it was like bethesda i was like bethesda i was like no fucking way so i looked up like screenshots and i was like it's just like oblivion so like i picked (laughs) it up i was like this is fucking amazing it was like the same thing that i've been playing like it was like basically like half of that year for me like in middle school was gone yeah. for that game i yeah uh, i i was it was i was never really allowed to own that game myself because it had an m rating and my parents were very strict at the time of like i couldn't play a, a yeah. t-rated game until i was actually a teenager um but one of my friends um he like had a gaming computer and had a lot of these games on it yeah and so like i played i played the hell out of fallout 3 on there i played the hell out of oblivion on there uh, I played a lot of Morrowind too, yeah. um, way, way, way back when. Um, and so, like, Fallout, there's a part of me that like is very nostalgic about Fallout Three, but basically everything I liked about Fallout Three, Fallout was, New Vegas does better. Yeah, apart from like it doesn't quite run as well as Fallout Three because it it does have mm, a bit more like uh, it's not quite as stable of a game, but you can't blame obsidian too much considering they had to make like the entire game and i think like 18 months yeah 
I think is... and it's worth the sacrifice of a little bit of like stability for a better game. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not the the gunplay is better in it's not great, but it's better than Fallout 3. Yeah. Um the characters are all way better, the dialogue is better, the quests are phenomenal. <laughs> much much better. I still um, haven't played the DLC, um but uh, yeah, I played 40... the, for wait for 3 for New Vegas. Vegas. You any of them? No, I never played the DLC for that game. <laughs> oh my god. I have you are, it. You are missing out. New Vegas has some of the best DLC of any game I've ever played. Yeah. Like which I, is, I I'm still doing a, like a playthrough like right now of New Vegas. Honest Hearts is definitely the weakest of them. But Dead Money, I when I, I when I first played it way back when it was first released, it was genuinely terrifying. Like it is straight up fucking survival horror. Really? And it is great. Um fucking uh oh, what's it called? I don't know what the I I can't remember the actual name of it, but the one where you go to Big Mountain and oh boy. I'm totally blanking on the name of it, but it's like the sciencey one and it is just incredible. It it, it like perfectly encapsulates the the comedy of the game. Yeah. Um Old World Blues is blues i think is what it's called cool um i it, it definitely has that obsidian like dark comedy that you find like with the outer worlds that we reviewed earlier this year yeah um it's it's, it's great i'm forgetting lonesome road lonesome road is good it is very very challenging because it's it was the last one and so all the enemies are the highest level um but it like finally wraps up like the story storyline of the other career yeah that you hear so much about um but genuinely like fallout new vegas's dlc is yeah that's just a, spectacular i need to go back and, and play and finish it but yeah absolutely um absolutely you know I, like i'm genuinely shook that like you haven't <laughs> played it yet like that's it's it's just i, I don't know i will I, I will okay <laughs> calm down <laughs> like this is affecting me more than like any of the other games that you've started and haven't finished. <laughs> um, oh, man. We can't talk about Fallout, though, without mentioning um, the calamity that is... Uh, the continual train wreck of Fallout 76. Is there uh, NPCs now? I saw one. Like, I think they're gearing up to add them, um, but I honestly don't even know anymore. I've stopped looking at stuff. For, <laughs> it, yeah. It, I don't know what's going on with that game anymore, but I know they're trying to make it better they're trying to make it better but every time they try something they fuck fuck something else up royally so (sighs) yeah that was a yeah just a disappointment in every possible conceivable way i haven't even played it and i don't even want to yeah nothing about that game makes me want to play it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, I agree with that, definitely. Yeah. Um, but what else? Uh, have you ever seen The Road? The Road. I don't know. That doesn't... With um, the actor who plays Aragon from Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh, uh, Viggo Mortensen? Viggo Mortensen, yeah. Um, he, him and his son live in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, it's also I... a book. Um, I don't know if I've seen that. It's a massively acclaimed book too. Um, that I've heard of, by all accounts, it's very good. Two thousand nine. Um, heard of it, but it's it's very interesting. It's, um, it's about a, a man and a son trying to survive in the post apocalypse. Post apocalypse. Spoilers. Um, the father has a lung disease, lung cancer. So, oh, yeah. So, um, I know also when you're. When we're talking about post-apocalypse, you can't not mention Mad Max. Oh, um, yeah. That's... Uh, particularly with Fury Road, it is... I cannot sing that movie's praises enough. Yeah. I've it heard is... the Mad Max video game is pretty good, too. I've heard it's surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, I think it might even be on my Steam wish list, but I have like 300 games or something in my Steam yeah. wish list. No, I think I have like 200 games in my wish list. That's a game I always, I was, I always wanted to go in on, but I just never never got around to it never got around yeah. to it yeah 
Um, but yeah, Mad Max is a fantastic universe, and it's just so ridiculous and yeah, so uh, over the top, and like it just, but it works plays into it like so much. Yeah, it's very self aware of how over the top it is, and it's it's great, man. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fantastic. Um, one series I didn't even think of as being post-apocalypse, but technically is the Matrix movies. Oh yeah, kind Which of are, yeah, yeah. Technically post-apocalypse. Technically, Blade um, Runner. Uh, 20, yeah, twenty forty-nine and Blade Runner the first one. Uh, yeah. They take place after a nuclear war and yeah, and twenty forty-nine is a. I am notably not a huge fan of the original. Yeah, um, I've grown to appreciate it more. But 2049 is everything level. that the original Blade Runner should have been to me. Yeah. It is one of the most like beautifully shot movies I've ever seen. It is just so... Uh, it's a compelling story. It is a, a really compelling story. And it has one of the best performances by Harrison Ford of late. Um, yeah. Uh, it definitely seemed like a role that... He wasn't phoning in this time. Yeah, he was actually like he actually enjoyed. He wanted to do a good job, like and cared about this character. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it really shows. It really does. And it, it going back to Vegas again because there's a, a scene where he goes. They go to Vegas in this that, that uh, movie, yeah. and it's it is one of the coolest looking scenes when yeah he, um, they go there and he finds um, old Harrison Ford, Brick Deckard, um, at the casino. It's it's. It, it just looks so cool. Yeah. It, it is really... Visually, it's one of the most impressive movies I've like ever watched, period. Like, it's, it's just... It's just yeah. Like, the, the visuals, the, like, the colors in the movie, too, and, like... The scale of things, like, how he does, like, the way things move, the sounds, like, the sounds, like, the, the flying car makes. Yeah. It is just everything such a, about it. Like, the, the way that the guns feel when they shoot them, like they feel the what, like they feel powerful. Yeah, and like it, everything it, in that movie just like works. Like yeah, it, it, just it, how it sound is such design, a like, yeah. meticulously crafted movie, and like it really shows, and like you really see the yeah. like the fruits of that labor. And also the soundtrack by uh, 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 Hans Zimmer is also just yeah, killing it. Uh, like incredible. Uh, most of his soundtracks I've always loved. Like he's yeah. he does a great job. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know my, my favorite soundtracks, which is kind of post-apocalyptic, um, is Interstellar. I fucking love the Interstellar soundtrack. Yeah, it is very like organ heavy, but like not in like a churchy way. It's like very like spacey and like a, like a, for a lot of the intense stuff, it's like it feels so intense. Like so it's one of those like soundtracks that I like listen to because I just love the way the organ sounds like from yeah. the soundtrack. It's like I really need to watch Interstellar again. I watched it in theaters and I don't think I've seen it since. Really? It's, yeah. I just love the soundtrack. It's like one of my favorite parts about that movie. It just, it's just, it's great. It is. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It, it, it just, it just works for me on many levels. I think it's. Uh, I've seen other people say that too. It's not just me. I'm no, it's, it, it is a really, really great soundtrack, especially the way it kind of fits with the movie so well um like there are some soundtracks for movies that really you know are there just to have music for it but there are others where like the soundscape of the movie is really taken into serious consideration and like the the tone and the timbre of everything is really yeah like they the composer does a very good job of mixing those and blending those and that's definitely a a highlight movie of of yeah a soundtrack that really just fits so well with yeah it really does yeah. um we can't I mean, we can't talk about post apocalyptic movies with one of my most hated genres it's just zombie movies <laughs> there are there are a couple zombie movies that i Oh boy, probably fewer than I thought. Just as I've, as I'm thinking about it more, there are a couple of zombie movies that I really like. Um, as much as you can call Twenty Eight Days Later a zombie movie, yeah, um, it is really good. I really really like that one. Um, I surprisingly the I think it's the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. 
is actually really good too. Um, although it is pretty much the only one of the modern remakes of George Romero's classic zombie movies that is even worth watching. Yeah. Um, most of them are really bad. Day of the Dead is pretty terrible. <laughs> I'm um, personally, as you know, not a fan of zombie movies. So I, I did enjoy Zombieland. Kind of enjoyed the second one. Enjoyed the second one for what I enjoyed it was, like, the first like two to three seasons of The Walking Dead. The second season of The Walking Dead fucking sucks, but like the third and fourth seasons are really good. Yeah, up until um, like the end of like the governor stuff is like where it's like yeah, right, that's and that's 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 pretty much where I was like, all right, this this is worn it out. It's welcome. I probably point. would have stopped watching the show a lot sooner than I did if it weren't for the fact that uh, it kind of turned into a show like that my dad and I would watch together. Yeah. Um, but man, this last season that we watched was just painfully bad. <laughs> it was so bad that like we both kind of agreed that we didn't really care to watch any more of it. <laughs> like, all right. It's, that's, it's definitely, that's, that's it, enough of that. It's a show that should have ended way sooner than it did. Yeah. It wore out. Welcome. Now that's like, it's not even a spoiler because AMC advertised it so heavily. Now that Rick is gone too, like, there's literally no fucking reason to watch this movie or this, this fucking series anymore. Like the only character that was there the whole time is now gone. And like the other characters aren't bad, but Rick was like the main character. Yeah. It, the it series is, started leading up, like leading around his story. Like, yeah. And it without is, him, it just doesn't work. No. And they just, the way they like kind of steered away from like, from what I know of like comics, like, it just a lot of fans like were rubbed the wrong way i think yeah there were some things like i understand why they didn't like directly adapt the comics um, i've i've like heard like the showrunners like greg nicotero and some of those other guys talk about why they did that and like yeah uh especially oh i'm blanking on his name the guy who wrote the comics uh kirkman i can't remember his first name i feel awful that i can't remember his first name but like you wrote he, like an entire report about this guy not necessarily this guy but he was he played a very large very role, prominent role a very large role in my uh, image comics um report james that kirkland I did. i'm thinking star trek james kirk <laughs> um oh god i hate jim kirkland I is the j I feel, i'm feeling I, j yeah um robert kirkman Told you it was Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate that I couldn't remember that, but he actually does help write for the show too. And like one of the things they talked about was that you know when you're adapting something, you want to have a healthy amount of like the actual source material. Right. But when it comes to ongoing series like that, you want to keep things you know interesting. You don't want to always have something like you don't want to be able to read like the comics way ahead, know exactly what's going to happen in the series. Right. So you want to try and keep things fresh keep things fresh so they you know make changes to it um but yeah that series should have ended way way long ago yeah and it, it feels almost kind of like the office in the same way that like the office should have ended like the last two seasons of the office <laughs> are just yeah. bad and it, i feel like it's really hurting the reputation of the show because it was a show i started watching all the way back in 2010 i think yeah. when it first premiered i remember seeing the like premieres for it and this is back when zombies were still a cool big thing um and like i remember seeing the like watching the first season like as a premiere and it was really fucking good and i'm like this is a great show and like watch it all the way through and the longer it went on i'm like i do i just don't really enjoy watching this anymore yeah um, so I, I, I feel like it's unfortunately one of those shows that like, where that's welcome a little bit. Yeah. Was good, yeah. but won't rem won't be remembered for how good it was, but rather how, how poorly it ended kind of almost game of Thrones. Like where it's a really yeah. great show, but then the last season pretty it's much crazy how, how quick they fucked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, did you ever watch the last man on earth? I didn't. I've uh, heard really good things about that one. That's, uh, a post-apocalyptic comedy yeah but i've heard really good things about that and i'm, I'm 
I, I would I love to I watch it eventually at some point. Really but. heard anything about it, so I, I didn't really watch I it. Really I remember it, about it not being super interested in it when I I when wasn't I either. But saw. then I, I I heard a lot of really good things about it, so I was like, maybe I will go watch it at some point. But then I never did. Um, which tab did I have open with? Because I had a like tab of post-apocalyptic uh, like <laughs> franchises up, but I don't. The Last of Us. Was. Um, yeah, I, now that I have, I, I think I even own the game, but I haven't gotten around to playing it yet. Cause I, played, I haven't either. <laughs> I own it too. I, I played through it. I'm um, sure a lot of people are screaming, like a number of really years upset. <laughs> I, I've played it. Um, the only reason I stopped playing it is because it was on my cousin's PlayStation at the time. And he, for a long time and still kind of does, he had a habit of like, He'd buy a game and then like sell it before he was finished. And so like I got through to the point where it wasn't super far into the game, but like uh, the main character, like they get a truck and they're like driving away and then they end up like being ambushed and crash crashing into a gas gas station. And like you get ambushed there. And that was like the last part of the game that I played before he ended up selling it. So that was as far as I made it into the game, but it is a really good game. Yeah. And I, own it and i want to play it but i just haven't got around to it yet. yeah um damn it, where is this where is this list um one other post-apocalyptic thing that i didn't even think of until i saw this list was terminator um, oh yeah terminator one and two are among the best action movies ever terminator two especially is one of the best action movies ever um it definitely is. it's yeah it is like and it's one of those rare times where it's like a sequel better than the original uh, but it, it, they feels i mean two is basically like it feels like an action movie well in a lot like similar to like alien oh yeah alien aliens versus aliens um, uh the first one is like kind of like a slasher movie first one's just straight up horror like well no i'm talking about i'm talking about Terminator. Oh, Terminator. Terminator. Terminator is basically a slasher movie where, like, the Terminator is kind of like just yeah, this, this, the, the unkillable <laughs> I've never entity. really thought about it that way. But, yeah, I guess in a lot of ways it does kind of have that slasher movie vibe of the, like, unstoppable, like, bad guy who's killing a whole lot of people. But instead of, you know, being some supernatural monster demon guy, he's a fucking robot. Exactly. Yeah, and then two was like just a, a, an action movie. I mean, yeah, it, it was a really good action movie with a good yeah. plot. But yeah, um, it's it's really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I love. Oh, I found it. Uh, let's see. Ones we didn't mention in here, but yeah. Uh, I you know as much ire as it receives i do like terminator 3 um i don't think it's i think it's definitely the weakest of the original trilogy we're not even going to talk about the most recent terminator movies any pretty much anything after three is the new the newest one had good parts i will still say it had good a few good elements to it yeah but as a movie it's still pretty lackluster um i i i will say that i always did like salvation a lot as as out of all of them i i really of, of the recent ones it's definitely the best i i, I enjoyed remember post, enjoying it post-apocalyptic feel of it it felt very like fallout to me which is maybe why i liked it so much because it yeah. felt like i was watching someone like like what i would imagine a fallout to be like um which i think is yeah and i guess in it. a lot of ways um kind of does uh i'm staring at post-apocalypto the tour oh the tenacious d tour poster that you got yeah i'm like um, talking about apocalypse and i'm like what else <laughs> how fit apocalyptic is there i'm like looking huh <laughs> but yeah. but uh tasty does have a little like animated movie that they hand drew and acted in you can watch on youtube it's it's ridiculous and it's like <laughs> has their entire new album on it and it's 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 really dumb but it's it's very tenacious d and it's it's, right on. it's fun to watch they play the entire like movie live which is really funny to watch um, hell yeah they're like, like i think you i think yeah, i remember you mentioning that and like it, it was ridiculous but it and yeah it's good uh looking at this as one i didn't even think of but yeah it totally fits planet of the apes oh yeah 
yeah, they, especially these recent ones, have been shockingly really good. Yeah, I definitely think the first one where like it has like it shows like the disease like traveling through like, yeah. air traffic. You know, it's like oh yep that that is basically how it would happen. Yeah, um, and it, I remember. I always remember like watching the trailers for them as they come out and thinking, okay, this can't possibly be any good. Um, and then watching the movie and being like, fuck, that was good. I know. I, I still <laughs> need to watch the last one, the third one. Is that one Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Or is that War, yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes? I don't remember. They have... I don't remember. But I don't remember. The, I know they're all good. Yeah. I know that much. I know that all yeah. three of them are really good. They They're definitely... I guess one that's kind of post-apocalyptic is um, Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I guess you could kind of stretch the definition to include that. It. I mean, it's apocalyptic. I mean, yeah. half the people die. <laughs> I mean, how much more apocalyptic can you get? I guess you have to be like, it, it's seventy-five percent of people to die. It, it's not like traditionally a type of film you think of as being post-apocalyptic, but. At least the you beginning could, of the Ant Man stuff feels apocalyptic. Yeah, you could definitely call post apocalyptic. Um, I think that one would be like the kind of movie where if you included it in a list, people would be like, "I guess." <laughs> you just wanted to talk about that but, movie but again. That, yeah. <laughs> um, you got me. All right, fine. I the last really one like was it. War for the Planet of the Apes. It's a Rise of the Planet of the Apes, then Dawn, Dawn of the of Planet the of the Apes. Apes, then War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And there was the 2001 remake of Planet of the Apes. Ooh, with uh, with uh, Mark Marky Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that is the that's the uh, Nick would be probably have some things to be said about that one because that's the uh, it's directed by uh, our man Tim Burton. Tim Burton, yeah, yep. Which he's a huge fan on. Yes, he I, is. I I personally not a big fan of myself. <laughs> you know. I selected I, things of Tim Burton's work, like his Batman movies, I thought were really, really good. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm not huge on it. I've but never seen it. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that it's popular. <laughs> yeah, it's popular. Uh, uh, he did Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, too, which oh, I yeah. both really enjoy. Um, Maybe but. what I don't like about him in particular is him <laughs> i don't think i really know much about just like i've seen him in like interviews a few times and it's like i just he just seems like a prick i don't know something about him i'm just like kind of annoying but i don't know um, that's he's probably a nice guy i don't know he could very well be a very nice guy but i don't i can't really say i don't want to uh, bash anybody if you'd like him as a director that's, that's probably fine um oh uh post-apocalyptic games that I enjoy that I didn't remember until I saw on a list. Uh, the Metro series. Uh, Metro oh, yeah. 2033 is it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's, it's, it's really nice seeing a game that's post-apocalyptic that isn't in the U.S. Right, yeah. Because, like, I mean, granted, the U.S. does have the largest market for movies and games and stuff like that, but yeah. seeing stuff like that, I, I mean, we've all seen post-apocalyptic stuff in the u.s a thousand times before and oh, seeing it dude. in russia it, it's children of men oh my god yeah right totally. <laughs> oh my god just reminds me like ding <laughs> yeah that is that is a fantastic post-apocalyptic movie that plays yeah. in great britain it is and it is so good some of the best cinematography out there the the kind of long one takes that they do are just Mind. mind blowing yeah and like i've seen like no matter how many times i've seen them talked about or broken down like it's still just what, a, how they pulled it off is it's just it, incredible it's, it's insane and, and, and an incredible feat of of filmmaking i think i remember like uh after fallout new vegas people were like really calling for a fallout taking place in like england or like somewhere in europe and yeah some anywhere else than the U.S. like something like fun and interesting like yeah and I'd which, still it's really a shame they didn't do anything like that like they just went back to the East Coast which is like we kind of already got this yeah with Fallout 4. like that's I think it's why like I 
also didn't like it as much because it just kind of felt. I didn't really care for samey. the setting as it just, much. It, and... it didn't have a lot more different to offer than Fallout than the Capital 3. Wasteland. Yeah, because it really it's the East Coast. They're pretty close. They're very close. <laughs> They're very close, and they they feel very similar. So like, I I think they should have done something like New Orleans. Yeah, uh, or... I think there's even a very, I think there's a Fallout New Orleans like mod being made there's one miami that you were showing me it might be the one i'm thinking yeah the the miami i I know i think there is a fallout new orleans separate mod too um yeah yeah oh man i after fallout 4 and then fallout 76 like i just i don't know about the future of that franchise man i don't either i don't know about the future of bethesda after that i don't either (laughs) but i don't know the future of our world at the moment I guess a game you could call post-apocalyptic in a way, the the Doom series, which yeah, Doom Eternal comes out in two days. <laughs> it is Thursday right now. It comes out tomorrow. I still need to go back and finish the first Doom. I oh my god, listen, <laughs> oh my god, I was playing it. I I started my playthrough at uh, Bobby's house. And I was I was watching his uh, his pups and. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, I need to get this game, and I, just, I forgot. <laughs> I was playing Red Dead. What am I? What am I gonna do with you, Aaron? Listen, Red Dead came out that year, and that took up a lot of my life, and I still haven't finished that. Like, Red. It was not the same year as that when it came out. When Doom came out, I just, <laughs> I just started playing it the oh, same okay. year. Yeah, I'm like Red Dead One came out in no, like no, 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 no. 2000. No, Red Dead Two 10, came out <laughs> when I started playing Doom. Yeah. Okay. That confusing. Yeah, that was confusing. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, everybody. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Doom Eternal, though. I. It looks really fun. It it does. We. It feels like forever. We we, we went to. Fucking yeah, it feels like forever ago that we went to QuakeCon and like saw like its premiere. Yeah, and it felt like it was like it was. At that time, the release date wasn't that far away from. When I think we, it's been. It was pushed back quite a few, at times. least a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else. We missing anything huge? Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, there was a great TV show in the early 2000s called Jericho. Um, yeah, I heard of it, but I never watched it. It was pretty good. Uh, it was like a nuclear war, war, but they're like they're like in a town in Kansas called Jericho, where they can still see like you know Colorado from where they're at, yeah. and they just see the bomb go off where Denver is, and then like the repercussions of what happens after that it's 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 pretty good i really enjoyed that show first it was like oh it it had a pretty big fan base um or like cult following um for like first two seasons but it's pretty good how the hell did i oh there it is thought i lost the tab again but I, i didn't um looking through here i guess yeah, the the Hunger Games. Yeah, too. that's true. Um, the books. I never watched the movies, but I really enjoyed the books. I um, did watch the movies, but I only ever watched any of them once, and I barely remember them. But the books are really are pretty good. And there's, yeah, there's, Susan definitely Collins the is writing a new one too. Not a, like I don't know if it's a sequel to that series, but I think it's like in the same universe. I'm pretty sure I saw an advertisement for it the other day, but it's quite possible. I don't know. I don't know. Uh yeah, th- it's a good little series. Yeah, sure. definitely. Uh, among the my favorite like young adult books that I've that yeah, I, read. I know there's a like, hundred different series that are in the same vein, but that's probably like you probably read that one and you probably be f- fine getting the idea of it. Yeah. Um, um, I think that covers it a lot. Uh, there's some you know other games that. Um, you know, like Dying Light, Dead Island, zombie games like that, or yeah. um, the Dark Siders series, um, yeah, which I enjoy for what it is. Yeah, um, but I don't know, or super worth actually talking about. Um, X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah, at least the first part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think that. That's about it. I think that's about it. I'm just even just looking through this list. There's not really 
much to talk about or worth talking about either. I think that's about mm-hmm. it. I think, yeah. wrap. I think we, we can wrap it up there. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the last segment of the show, uh, which is going to be a short one. Yeah. Um, uh, the segment where we talk about this, the news, um, and I famously, infamously say, uh, "You snooze, you lose, baby." Yeah. It's time for news. Um, you snooze, you lose, baby. It's time for news, baby. The the news baby. has uh, very much been monopolized in the past few weeks with the the coronavirus. Um, but at least regarding stuff that we talk about, uh, because this is affecting like public gathering places, uh, movie theaters. A lot of movies have actually been pushed back for their their release date has been pushed back. Um, some big name movies have been pushed back. Yeah, uh, the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Uh, it was moved from April 10th to November 25th. Um, uh, Quiet Place Part 2 was supposed to release March 18th, but currently it doesn't have a new release date. Uh, F9, new Fast and the Furious movie, uh, is supposed to come out May 22nd. It's now going to be April 2nd, uh, 2021. So they moved it back pretty far. Yeah. Um, then a lot of other movies. Black Widow was pushed back recently. Um, yeah, uh, Mulan, The New Mutants, Antlers, Black Widow, um, have all been pushed back, but none of them, at least as of the time of the writing of this article, which was I think earlier today, or updated earlier today. I um, think a lot of um, Shang Chi and yeah, there were there were a few other movies I remember Marvel, seeing that a like, lot of things that were in production, in production have been halted, have been halted um, and pushed back at least a year. Um, so that's unfortunate as well. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you have to do what you can. Um, yeah. Um. So it looks like all we have right now is Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> can't even watch it for <laughs> another several weeks. Yeah. What if um, it? <laughs> I was listening to a review of uh, Bloodshot, and they're like, "Imagine if people can go back to the movies, and the only movie out right now is Bloodshot, and that becomes the highest-grossing movie of all time because <laughs> it's the only movie. It's out. the only movie anybody can watch." <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So everything's pushed back, basically. Um, Pretty much. Um, the, it's unfortunate. The, this virus has really put just the entire world on hold for a little bit, uh, which is very unfortunate for a lot of people. Um, in a lot of different industries. Yeah. So we're just kind of doing what we can to. Yeah, but we'll keep, keep on going trucking. Um, yeah. as a podcast, and uh, we'll have a new topic next week. Something else. Yeah, something. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, thanks, Bobby, for the artwork. Um, yes. Thank yes. you all for doing what you can. Yeah, and I guess you could find us on Facebook and Twitter at yeah. Comical Pod. Search almost comical, you find it. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Yes. Um, remember social distancing self-quarantine if you need it wash your hands wash your fucking hands wash your goddamn it, motherfucking <laughs> man the number of people that like washing your hands has been a re- like a revelation for is just astonishing wash your fucking hands um, and what I think uh, that wraps it up but, yeah um, stay safe and uh, if you're quarantined Right now, um, we have a lot of episodes you can listen to. Yeah, try so. and keep yourself entertained. Yeah, do something. <laughs> All right, stay, well, stay positive. Stay positive. Stay frosty. And stay germ-free. Yeah. Goodbye and good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>